guys. I seriously pastor the wackiest church that I know of. Someone behind me says, that's not our homework, is it? Right? <clears throat> it is. Uh, now, we're uh, kicking off a series called You Versus You, and w one of the things that uh, when I made that video that I w wanted to make sure you all understood, uh, oftentimes we, we think we have these two extremes, right? You're either like totally ripped and in like perfect shape, or you're just a lazy like couch potato eating chips, which uh, I happen to put in all of the things that are temptations for me. Uh, chips, uh, hamburgers, things, things like that. And uh, so what we're going to be talking about over the next six weeks uh, uh, is this idea about um, how you see yourself, how God sees you, what your potential is. And I really appreciated what Anna said. Um, the really cool thing about Jesus is that you can come to him exactly as you are now. He's not going to love you more in a year, <laughs> even though you're going to be way better in a year, I guarantee it. He's not going to love you more if you do things better, although in a year you'll probably be doing things better. Uh, you can come exactly as you are. Um, before I, you know, all of this gets started, too, I want to... Um, kind of call out the person that sent me this. <laughs> that person used to be on our board. <laughs> used to be, yeah, used to be. That is so hurtful, by the way. Very, very hurtful. But... Uh, I think he'll be okay. I think he's only worth $400 million, so it'll all be fine. Uh, this morning, uh, I want to talk to you about your five-year plan. Uh, what we do in, in our denomination, I teach a couple of our classes. One is called 
History and Polity of the Free Methodist Church. It is very engaging. And the other one is called Wesleyan Theology. And what we do at the end of History and Polity is the assignment for those who are entering into ministry is they turn in a three to five year plan for how they're going to enter into ministry. I realize that everybody in here isn't uh, going into full-time ministry, but you're all called to be ministers of the gospel. As a matter of fact, my job, my job that the Bible, my job description that's in the Bible says that my job is to equip you for works of service. It's to equip the saints, which you are, for works of service, okay? And so uh, you are ministers, and I would encourage you by the time we're done with this morning that you would Think about what is your three to five year plan for you. Because here's what I know about all of us. You're going to meet you in five years. You say, John, but what if I die? Well, you'll meet you, but you'll be thinner, okay? Just skin and bones. Okay, that was a bad joke. Worked all week on that one. You're going to meet you in five years. And you're going to have you to blame or you to congratulate. Now, I realize that some of the things that we go through are out of our control. Some of us had childhoods that were out of our control, and they, they, they helped shape us. Some of us have bosses that are out of our control. Some of us have uh, um, systems of power that are in place that are out of our control. Some of us uh, wish for different outcomes, but because uh, a receiver can't catch a ball that's thrown right into his hands <laughs> for a first down with five minutes left in the game, Anyway, so, uh, yeah, so some things are out of our control, right? Not that I'm bitter about it. Gosh, you guys, I'm a Christian. Uh, so, so we have these things out of our control. But, 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 but most of all, you are going to be responsible for you. How I handle myself when things go out of control and a receiver can't catch a ball that's thrown right into his hands, that's on me. And in five years, I want to be the kind of person that can handle that better than I did yesterday. <laughs> One of my goals. And so, uh, so you're going to be responsible for you. You're going to meet you. You're going to meet yourself in the mirror in five years. And you might look in the mirror and go, man, you've really let yourself go. <laughs> you're going to be upset with you or you're going to be really proud of you. And what I want you to understand in these next six weeks is that God has created you and God has empowered you that you can be a different reflection of yourself in five years and it's not that big of a deal. We tend to think in terms of perfection like the athletes that we saw in that video. Like, man, how do I go from bowl of chips guy to being able to do plank push-ups or climb up a rope with my hands, you know, like, I, it, 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 that's not what we're going to be talking about this year. Now, if that is you, if you want to become that, that, that's fine. But what we're going to be talking about is inviting God into our lives in such a level that it begins to transform us and begins to change us. And one of the things we do with our pastors is we have them do this three to five year plan that I'm going to encourage you to do in the next couple weeks. And it's divided into three areas, your head, your heart, and your hands. Okay, real, real simple to remember. So, so this is just a ministry one, but 
um, we want to know from our pastors and we want to evaluate them with their heart. Because some pastors might have their PhD in theology, right? They, they might have their uh, MDiv or be really smart and read a whole lot of books, but if they don't like people, that's kind of a big deal, okay, as, as pastors. But the same is true for you, right? It's not really what you know if you're not loving people, if you have a heart of compassion. The same is true with your hands. What if you know everything and you feel really compassionate, but you don't do anything about it? You're, you're not ministering any place. Well, you in five years, if you haven't ministered, uh, you, you're going to be uh, not at your full potential. And ex- uh, um, it's, it's, uh, you won't be as good as you would be if you had ministered somewhere, served someone. So we'll say, you know, p- possesses holistic Bible knowledge, that's good. No, uh, demonstrates Wesleyan theology. You don't have to worry about, well, you do have to worry about it, but not, you, you might put something else for your head. Right? So, for example, I'll, I'll give you some of my New Year's resolutions. Uh, I used to not have any resolutions. And then one time I'm like, okay, fine, I'll do a New Year's resolution. And I actually did it, and it really helped me. So then I'm like, hey, I think I'm going to do them. So uh, what, one of them is, is to get back uh, and learn Spanish. That, that's, uh, that's a head thing. I, I've always wanted to learn Spanish. I've done tons of things in Spanish. And so I, I enrolled in Cypress College uh, on Friday. Uh, so that's kind of one of my head goals. My hands goals is to actually stop biting my fingernails. Um, and so th- uh, th- 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 that. And when it gets to my heart one, I was trying to figure out, like, what, what, what is it, what would be my theme for the year? And, and it was really cool because I think God gave it to me. When I make decisions... The question is, is this going to make me more like Jesus or less like Jesus? Like that, that's, that's the heart I want to have in all the different decisions that I make. And so we, we do some other ones. Uh, lives a well-balanced life that can sustain the demands of ministry. Uh, lives a life shaped by love for others. Um, has theological education. Has ecumenical posture. I don't know. I didn't write this. I would never use the word ecumenical. Um, has, operates as a servant leader. Empowers others to discover and function within their gifts. Those, those things. And so uh, we, we do this. And then they turn them all in. And then I review them. And I give them a grade. And I'm offering that same service to you. And if you ever wanted to think about who do I want to be in the next three to five years? When I meet me in five years, who do I want to meet? Do I want to meet somebody who is in debt? Do I want to meet somebody who lacks patience? Do I want to meet somebody who um, uh, doesn't care for those around? Do I want to meet somebody selfish? Do I want to meet somebody anxious? Who do I want to be? And so, just right off the bat, if you want to do a plan, you can email it to me, john at livingspring.com, and I will review it, and we can talk about it, and we can, I, we can get people together that hold each other accountable for that. But who do you want to be in five years? Now, that sounds like a long time away. I, I think about myself. I'll be, in five years, I'll be uh, 38, and I, <laughs> I uh, no, I'll be, I'll be 58 in five years. And I think about that. I think about, wow, like what, I'll probably have grandkids. 
Like, I want to be someone who can play with my grandkids without getting exhausted. I want to be someone who's, you know, who's less anxious. I, I want to be that thing. What would my three to five year plan uh, be? I just went through a, a book for the second time uh, called Atomic Habits. It's, it's a really great book. I, I would read it if you want to. Uh, but here's, here's basically it boils down to this. You don't rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems, your habits, how you move through life. For Jesus, in Luke, it says this, And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. This was his pattern. This was his routine. He grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. Who do you want to meet when you meet you in five years? Do you want to be over a habit? Do you want to have started a new habit? Next week, um, I'm going to lead you through an exercise, through Scripture as well, that will give you the tools you need to have a quiet time every single day. Uh, you think, wow, you know, I'd like to spend more time with the Lord. And, and, and what we're going to talk about, um, we'll do it, we're going to talk about this idea of compounding, that, 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 that instead of thinking of perfection, you think of progress. So, for example, is it better to spend uh, two days with God, at a half hour each, or three minutes with God every day? Which one's better? The routine, the system of every day is better. For example, one of my other goals, uh, other than Spanish, is to um, play the guitar more. And uh, if, if in the next five years, if I play the guitar five minutes a day, in five years I will have 152 hours of guitar behind me. That's just five minutes a day. And you can insert whatever it is you want to learn or do or whatever. If you spend five minutes a day with Jesus, at the end of five years, you will have spent 152 hours with Jesus. Now, what could be better than spending 152 hours with Jesus, right? And we just start with these small things. Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man, with just these little things. You want to read through the Bible? Maybe that's a goal for you, okay? You read through the Bible. Oh, my goodness, the Bible's long. The Bible's about 1,200 pages. You're like, oh, my goodness, and what about Leviticus? You can skip over most of that, but, um, like, like, okay, so, you, you, you know, you're going, you're going through, you're, you're reading the Bible, and you think that's, that's impossible. 3.28 pages a day. In five years, you will have read through the Bible five times. 3.2 pages a day. I can, I can do 3.287 pages a day. I can do that. Of course you can. Of course you can. If you lost a pound a month, you would have lost 60 pounds in five years. But we tend to think, well, if it doesn't happen right away, you, know, you step on the scale, you know, you've done your diet all week long, you step on the scale, and you're like, seriously? Like, I went up in weight, okay? I do less calories, and I weigh more. You're thinking about it all wrong. A pound a month for five years, 60 pounds, right? And you're like, well, I don't need to lose 60 pounds. Oh, congratulations. You made it in two, <laughs> you know, right? 
And so, uh, so here's the good news. Paul, the Apostle Paul, is really, really spiritual, okay? He's very, he's like, it's like Jesus, Paul, me, you. No, I'm just joking about that. Okay, okay. So, so the Apostle Paul is super, super spiritual. He's an apostle. He, we, don't even, we don't just dole that term out, okay? Uh, there's 12 of them, and uh, Paul, Paul's one of them. So uh, these apostles, right? Paul's an apostle. And here's what he says. I do not understand what I do. I, I don't understand what I do. It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't, I don't get why I'm doing what I'm doing. Have you ever been there? Have you, come on, have you ever been there? Where you have like this thing and you're like, you know you're supposed to do it or you're not supposed to do it and you psych yourself up and you wake up in the morning, you're like, today's gonna be day. You have all this stuff and, and then you just go, I don't, know why, I don't know why I do what I do. Like, why do I keep doing this, right? Guess what? You're in luck because the Apostle Paul said the same thing. He goes on. He goes, for what I want to do, I do not do. You, you, you want to be in shape, but you don't go to the gym, right? You want to retire, but you don't save. I don't know why am I doing what I don't want to do. He goes on. But the thing I hate, I do. The very thing I hate. Now, this could be any. I mean, you, you, you can just insert your own example in here because we're all different we all struggle with different things and we all have success with different things you might go the other way you're like i don't understand how anyone can binge watch netflix i just don't understand like you're good at that you're good at not binge watching things and you're like i could i couldn't sit in front of the tv all that time and so that's your success you're just good at that and then there's the rest of us okay who are like like oh up no, coming up next i'm like well i'm already sitting here and it's, it's going to load by itself. I don't even have to touch anything. So, all right, might as well. Hey, honey, can you bring in some caramel corn? That's my other... No, it's not. I'm not, I'm not going to have that. I'm going to eat caramel corn in 2020. <laughs> For I know that good itself does not dwell in me. That is, in my sinful nature. I know that I just can't muster up being good. I, I understand that, Paul says. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. Isn't it hard when you've gotten into a routine or a system where you've been getting into this habit, you come home, you set your keys down, you sit in the couch, and you say, I'm not going to do that anymore. And then you come home, and you put your keys down, and you go, tomorrow looks a lot better. I'll, I'll start tomorrow. Um, my wife and I have this joke where I, uh, it's from a commercial, I think, where I'll go, oh yeah, no, no, I'll fix the sink tomorrow, 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 tomorrow. It's a joke we have. It's really funny to us, but that's okay. <laughs> for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Paul is stuck in a rut. We're going to talk about how to get out of these ruts in the coming weeks. But he understands the predicament that he's in, and it's the predicament that you and I might be in as well. We say, what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? How do I get out of these 
ruts I'm in, these routines I'm in, these bad systems that I've created for myself. How do I get out of it? He says, Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. In other words, will this decision make me more like Jesus or less like Jesus? What, what, what if instead of thinking in terms, and we can think in terms of this, like losing five pounds or ten pounds or whatever, it, you can, th- those are great goals. Those are great goals. God wants you to be healthy, okay? But what if we shift it to be like, what would Jesus do in this situation? What would Jesus do with my money? What would Jesus do in this relationship? And these little, tiny, micro-adjustments begin to compile. The two minutes that you spend with God every day adds up and adds up and adds up and adds up. You say, John, I just, I don't feel close to the Lord. I, I, I wish I knew more. The three pages of the Bible you read every day adds up, adds up, and adds up. It's not about losing 10 pounds, 20 pounds, or saving money. It's about these little, tiny decisions that we'll be talking about over uh, upcoming weeks. Um, there's a version of the Bible called The Message It was written by a theologian that's super-duper smart, knows Greek and Hebrew, and he wanted to write a version of the Bible that his grandkids could read that made sense to them. And when it first came out, a lot of conservative Christians kind of poo-pooed it because it, it... it, you know, for a lot of Christians, harder means better, and so if you could understand it, that couldn't be the Bible. Uh, and so um, it, it wasn't like real, it was just this, you know, thing. And, but over, as I get, get older and I get more in touch with my Savior, I've really come to love that version of the Bible. And so the Apostle Paul, while he gets into this this idea that a wretched man that I am, who's going to save me? Who's going to, uh, how do I get through this? Oh, praise God. It's like he's almost like he looks up towards heaven and he goes, Jesus, you're going to save me from myself. Like if I can just become more like you, I will be free. So in Romans chapter 13, which is just uh, six chapters away from where we are now, he says this, and this is the message version. But make sure that you don't get so absorbed and exhausted, which is the word our worship leader used uh, while we were talking about the new year. Absorbed and exhausted and taking care of all your day-to-day obligations that you lose track of time and doze off. Oblivious to God. God does not want you to waste one minute of your day. This is not a self-help sermon series of like be all you can be and you know find the good in you and all that kind of stuff this is all about what would jesus look like if he were you and he worked at your work and he had your spouse and he had your uh, neighborhood don't be exhausted by taking care of all your day-to-day obligations that you lose track of time and doze off. And then Paul gives us this encouragement, and this is the encouragement I have for us in the upcoming weeks. The night is about over. Dawn is about to break. 
be up and awake to what God is doing. God is putting the finishes, finishing touches on the salvation work that he began when we first believed. I don't want to get into too much of the theology, but you've heard me talk about this before. Our salvation has three parts to it. It has the justification part. You raise your hand, you say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I, I know that you died for my sins. I'm gonna give my life over to you. I'm gonna follow you. You've just been justified and you are saved. And then when you go to heaven, uh, that's glorification. You got justification, glorification, and those are bookends. And they're great. And I'm all for them, okay? But it's the time on earth that we have is sanctification. And he... He's saying, be up and awake to see what his God is doing. He's putting the finishing touches. In other words, he wants you to start making better choices. He wants you to start make, putting better systems into your life so that this salvation that began will have its finishing touches. That in five years, you will look in the mirror and you'll say, I didn't do everything perfect, but I'm more like Jesus in these five years than I was five years ago. He goes on, and he says, we can't afford to waste a minute. Must not squander these precious daylight hours in frivolity and indulgence. My, my prayer for us as we end up this series, and we've already planned half of the year in the other sermon series on relationships and talking about the questions that Jesus asks us, is that in little micro changes, you'll become more like Jesus, more like Jesus, more like Jesus. If you want to do, be able to do 100 push-ups in a row, just start with one. Just start with one. And when one's easy, do a second one. And when that becomes easy, do a third one. And over time, and we're going to talk about um, next week, we're going to talk about um, compounding interest. And... Uh, over time, you're going to be the per type of person that one day can do 100 push-ups. Now, trees don't grow to the moon, so you, you know, it's not like one day you'll, you'll be able to do 2,000 push-ups. You're going to have a limit to what you can do. But can you imagine if you took that same principle and you applied it to your relationship with Jesus? Can you imagine if you apply that to your relationship with your spouse or your friends or whatever? Yeah. One, every day, I'm going to do one act of kindness for my spouse. At the end of the year, you'll have done 365 acts of kindness. Do you think that's going to have an impact on your relationship? <laughs> yes, it will. Do you think having a, a, a quiet time that you can sustain a system, a sustainable system, we'll talk about that next week, uh, uh, of a time with God, do you think over the, this next year, all that time with God, it's not going to change you? Of course it is. He says... We can't waste this precious daylight hours in frivolity and indulgence and sleeping around and dissipation and bickering and grabbing everything in sight. Bickering, social media, grabbing everything in sight, Amazon. Okay, right? They're, they're all right there. The Bible is as relevant today as it was back then. This is what, this is what he says. This, this is so great. If you need to memorize a scripture, look at this. Get out of bed and get dressed. Every week during announcements, what everyone's been instructed to say, we are glad you're here. We know it's difficult to get up 
get dressed, and get here. We know that's hard. We know it's hard to, to, to make time for God in your week. But the Bible is saying, get up. Get dressed. Figure out what God wants to do for you in the next year, the next three years, the next five years. But it comes with the first thing. Get up and get dressed. So, three to five years. Who do you want to be? Who do you think you can be? Like I said, this isn't just a self-help thing. I don't have a toupee on. Uh, I'm... It's not a... <laughs> but seriously, this is the question God has for you. He's created you in His image. And whatever your body type is, doesn't matter. Whatever your socioeconomic status, doesn't matter. Whatever your race, gender is, doesn't matter. God has the same question for every single one of us in this room. How much more are you going to be like me in the next three to five years? Why don't we go ahead and stand for the blessing? I was serious about that three to five year plan. It doesn't have to be anything special. It could just be some stuff you want to write down. You're thinking about it over the next couple weeks and you say, oh, you know what, I'd like to be the kind of person that's read 12 books in a year. Okay, I'm going to start reading a book a month or whatever. Or maybe it's like, I want to be the kind of person that every day has time with God. Okay, well, write, write that down. You can divide it into head, heart, and hands. You can just divide it into whatever you want. It doesn't matter. But I'll work with you on that and uh, give you some advice, maybe. Make some observations. So now in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, I pray that you would go in his wisdom, in his strength, and in his peace. In the name of Jesus, amen.